being able to practice across state lines can be a difficult barrier. For example, if you are occupational therapist or occupational therapy assistant, you can't deliver OT services via telehealth across state lines unless you have a license in that respective state. Or if you're part of a military family who relocates to another state, you can't practice if you aren't licensed in that new state. And for a traveling occupational therapy practitioner, the burden is even greater. Licensure portability is a challenge for the profession. As it stands, OT practitioners must apply for a new license each time they want to practice in another state, costing them time, money, and often unnecessary hassle. The good news is that in 2019, members from the American Occupational Therapy Association, the National Board for Certification in Occupational Therapy, and the Council of State Governments announced that they were collaborating to support the development of an interstate licensure compact for occupational therapy. Similar to a driver's license, this compact will allow practitioners to practice in multiple states without having to secure a new license in each state. This will lead to increased opportunities for practitioners, increased client access to occupational therapy, and improvements in continuity of care. Today, I speak with members from AOTA and NBCOT who are helping to develop the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact. They share the process of creating the compact, how it will work, and what legislation is needed to enact the initiative. Sean Conway, the Director of External and Regulatory Affairs at NBCOT, is the organization's liaison for the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact. As one of the team members who has been directly working on this initiative since 2019, he remembers some of the first discussions about the compact during the annual Occupational Therapy State Regulatory Leadership Forum. In the early years, we brought an individual from the Health and Human Services Agency who at the time served as the director of the federal government's telehealth department. And of course, in those days, very few people knew what telehealth was. And so we were just trying to learn about what the potential implications for occupational therapy regulation would be. And so we subsequently brought her back an additional year. And then as we began to talk more about this in the occupational therapy state regulatory community, the conversation began to broaden. So it began to move beyond just telehealth and really looking at licensure portability, which is that whole concept of being able to move more seamlessly from one state to another from a practice perspective. As discussions continued, licensure portability became more and more promising. Conway and his team eventually started giving presentations on the topic to help create understanding on how important this was to the occupational therapy community. That was a big part of what our efforts were geared around, is just helping people understand what that foundation looked like so that they could eventually make an informed and educated decision. 
basically, I would describe the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact as an agreement between states that ultimately facilitates the ability of a practitioner to move seamlessly across state lines. This compact is structured on what is called the mutual recognition model. In essence, what that means is that an occupational therapist or an occupational therapy assistant would obtain a license from their home state. And that license really serves as their ticket to be able to work in another state that also recognizes the licensure compact. And the way in which that will work is that once that practitioner has that license from his or her home state, they are then awarded what is called a compact privilege. And that compact privilege allows that licensee to be able to seamlessly work in another state or jurisdiction that has also agreed to participate in the licensure compact. And for practitioners who are not interested in practicing in multiple states, there will not be any requirements to obtain the compact privilege. There is nothing about the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact that is a requirement. If an OT or an OTA wants to participate in the Licensure Compact initiative, that is his or her choice. If they would rather not, if there's someone who is in a situation where they're only needing to work and practice in their home state, then that may not be uh, something that they would be interested in, nor would it be an option that would be necessary for them. So that's a very important component to clarify. It is absolutely an option for all practitioners. For Conway, working collaboratively with members from AOTA and the Council of State Governments on behalf of the occupational therapy profession has presented additional opportunities in which all three organizations could benefit. We'll be collaborating together for the next four years on this initiative throughout the process of creating and implementing the licensure compact. Meet Megan Poodler. She's a state affairs manager in AOTA's policy department. She's a key member of the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact team, and since starting her position in October 2018, she continues to present this topic to key stakeholders and occupational therapy practitioners across the country, many of which are very excited for the future of the compact. The support and the excitement for the compact from practitioners has just been incredible. Um, we've seen how it's worked for other professions, and it'll be really great just to make it a reality and make it easier for practitioners to practice across state lines. And if you're practicing in more than one state or you want to practice in more than one state, it'll also save time and money. Uh, you won't have to keep track of multiple CE requirements and renewal cycles. So only the home state's continuing education requirements will apply unless another state has requirements related to scope of practice. And your compact privilege will renew at the same time as your home state license. So when will practitioners be able to apply for the compact privilege? Poodler shares that there are key legislation elements the compact must meet before practitioners will be eligible to apply. Yes, our ultimate goal is to be issuing privileges to practice in 2024. We do need 10 states to approve the legislation to then activate the compact. And even once we start issuing privileges to practice, 
we're going to continue to introduce compact legislation in states, and the ultimate goal is having the compact enacted in every state. So if you are someone who is interested in the compact, you can work with your state association to advocate on behalf of this compact. Additional great news is that for those eligible, you will be able to complete the process online in roughly 10 minutes. To be eligible for a compact privilege, you must obtain an active OT or OTA license in your home state, um, and the home state must be a member of the compact. You must also meet other eligibility criteria, um, such as having no disciplinary action against your license for at least two years. Um, So you'll go on to otcompact.org, fill out an application, um, check off which states you'd like to obtain a privilege to practice in, After your eligibility is verified, um, any jurisprudence requirements are met and fees are paid, you'll receive the compact privilege and you can legally work in a new state. Personally for Poodler, working on the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact has her feeling hopeful for the future of the occupational therapy profession. I'm really excited that it's just going to remove barriers to licensure while still preserving the regulatory authority of each compact member state to protect public health and safety. If you want to practice in another state right now, it takes time and effort because of paperwork and money. So with the compact, a practitioner will be able to move quickly to get a privilege to practice. So I'm really excited to see um, how this can really help the profession and occupational therapists and occupational therapy assistants. For Conway, potentially increasing occupational therapy services to those who need it most is what encourages him to continue to advocate. One of the things that this compact will do is to provide greater access to the public who is in need of occupational therapy services. And from my perspective, that is one of the things that excites me the most about this initiative. For example, if there is a patient living in a very rural area in Wyoming, in South North Dakota, and they would not have otherwise been able to receive therapy, but through this licensure compact, an occupational therapist or an occupational therapy assistant who happens to live in a neighboring state might be able to obtain a compact privilege and to be able to go to their home and provide them with service, that is meaningful. That makes a difference in people's lives. At the end of the day, that is what really excites me about this particular initiative. As of this recording, there are 13 states that are currently working on implementing legislation in their respective state legislatures. The team is very hopeful that the 2021 legislation session will produce some positive outcomes. If you're interested in learning more about the Occupational Therapy Licensure Compact, or you want to know how you can advocate on behalf of the compact, visit otcompact.org. There you will find the latest updates and a map that shows where legislation has been introduced and eventually enacted. Thank you to Sean Conway and Megan Poodler for joining me today. I'm Chelsea Rossborough with AOTA.